Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. We're doing another perfect concert playlist. This episode we teased before, I think with the Cheap Trick one, it's been a little bit. Um, I blame my co-host, Ron. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, told suck. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, no, 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 because we were we were ready. You're like, I can't decide. I'm not done with Alice Cooper. So, yeah, I get it. Well, there was that. that huh. This was. I don't know why I had such a dark, difficult time getting this one together. So, Alice Cooper part was easy. It was the other two. Yeah, you know what we did? We tortured ourselves with the last episode too because we're trying to find two bands that go really well together. See, originally it was going to be, I think, Alice Cooper, Cheap Trick, and like somebody else that you chose. And then I was like, well, no, that doesn't work. So we hadn't been hawed for a long time. And the nice part is we waited long enough now that I can talk about the Alice Cooper concert I went to two nights ago. That's awesome. See, it was, it was like by design. Kismet, yeah. <laughs> That's um, right. So our mutual friend Robert, went, uh, who's been on the show, um, we, uh, we went and saw him two nights ago. And I got to tell you, 75 years old, you wouldn't know because... It was just astounding, and it was a long show too. He didn't cut any corners, and he didn't look tired. He didn't. He's here's the fortunate thing for Alice Cooper is that he's always looked and sounded seventy five. <laughs> this is true. I mean, if you go back far enough, he looked like a skinny, uh, half dead uh, teenager. But at some point in his life, earlier in his career, at least. I, at least when I got into him, he always looked old to me. So. Yeah. Well, and, and we didn't. He rocked it. He we, rocked it well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have a smaller venue here. We he, So a lot of times he plays with uh, another artist and they can book like a big venue, like Rob Zombie or something like that. And uh, this is one where he just does at our local uh, music center. And um, so instead of like the huge set pieces that he brings in, he has to scale it back quite a bit and he found a way around it. And so instead of bringing in like the three quarter size castle wall, what do you want to call it? What he does is he brings down a drop thing, like, you know, a giant board that looks like the entrances to a castle. And then behind that, he has a giant screen. I don't know if it's one screen or four because it has four different images going on it at once. Sometimes, and then it's, sometimes it's a single image. I don't know how that works. Um, so like with Feed My Frankenstein, he will have um, just on the TV, he has those giant, you know, those bolt, uh, what do you call those things? Like those Tesla coil kind of things where it's shooting yes. electricity back and forth. So instead of actually having that kind of stuff, it's just on a video screen. So that's a lot of it. Um, but he still brings in like, um, so he has like this, he starts off like he's in court and he's found guilty of crimes. And so they have like the podium where the judge would be and then the the, um, the uh, defendant would be. And so he has that, but then when he does Welcome to My Nightmare, they just spin it around and then he just comes down those stairs. So it's really, like over the years, he's really figured out how to keep his show very theatrical, very um, big in quotation marks, but, but not having as much space to work with. Space keeps the budget down. Yeah. And, and his wife, his wife's 65, yeah, his wife's 65 and she's still out there doing the ballet dancing to the songs. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yes, it is like a heavy metal show, but it's, it's so Broadway style, you know, like big theatrical pieces, like some is like Victorian age kind of stuff. He's, you know, he has uh, the whole guillotine thing and um, there's really some surprising stuff in it. I had a lot of fun. The only thing I don't. I wish he could have done, but I know it would have been too expensive, is he had to modify a lot of his songs from the 70s because 
you know before his comeback in 86, he wasn't just like hair metal, you know? He wasn't that kind of sound. Before that, he had more variety. He had some songs that were new wave. He had some songs that had a little bit of blues vibe to it. Um, and then he had a lot of songs with horns. And um, he had to switch, like he had to redesign his songs so that it could fit with just, you know, his two, his, uh, his two guitarists, bass, bassist, and drummer, I think is what it is, yeah. Well, that's sad. Yeah, because you know, like the small, the gigantic Tesla and stuff like that, and then people are start worried about insurance and yeah, we got to burn the place down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so like you know, some of the songs have synth, and like I said, "Welcome to My Nightmare" has a horn section. Well, he had to modify that to change it, so it does sound different. And what I've noticed is, if you go and look at his concerts online, is that he's constantly changing the pattern of the show, the look of the show, and the set list. Yeah, he'll still have all the big ones that you want, but he'll mix in other stuff from his past. So each time you see him, it's a different show. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Like, and most artists, I, like as a couple of artists I've seen recently where uh, literally I bought, I won't name the name, but I, I, I went to the concert live, and I'm thinking, oh, this is so cool. And then you go, and most of them do this, mind you, but uh, I bought this live album that day on the spot, listening to it on the way home, and I realized it's the exact same show. Yeah, it's even down to the, the like the little the pattern that they have is is repeated. Yeah, and to the little the banter in between. I'm like, oh, come on, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> And, you know, I always wondered why it was that Alice had so many live albums over the last 20 years. And I thought, oh, he's just padding, you know, trying to, you know, like the way Kiss does. They repackage their greatest hits all the time. But each one, if you look, they are completely different set lists. And so I was like, oh, you get a different experience. So, you know, that that's pretty cool that he knows, like, he could phone it in at this age. Like, just, I don't care anymore, but he doesn't. I think he gets it. He realizes the minute he starts doing that. That's when it's over. Yeah, that's when you start going downhill. And, like, and, and like he, like he's had a very varied career. Like so, in the early '80s, when he started experimenting more with like new wave and art rock and stuff like that, progressive rock. But he was also like coked out of his mind. He was drinking like crazy, and he destroyed his career. And then he had a reemergence in '86. And then there's been little moments like in the '90s where. You know, he started doing like industrial rock or, or like, you know, whatever it is, white, uh, white Zombie did. Like, in, what do you call that? Like, techno infused rock? I don't know what theirs was. But, you know, he, he kind of modifies it over the years. And, and, you know, some of his albums don't sell so well anymore. But, you know, he is a legend for a reason. And I think a lot of it's because of his concerts. Right. Um, so, with that, uh, telling you what it's like, and I, seriously, go see him before he retires. Uh, you go ahead and open up. Who are your three? You have Alice Cooper, and who are your two openers? Uh, Alice Cooper. Okay, so I went a little crazy. I, I on the third band, I had to go through like three, four different iterations, and I finally settled on one that seems like it might be a little bit off, but I think it would fit because one thing about Alice Cooper is he always had varied artists with him. Mm-hmm. Or at least within the rock genre, at least as far as I know. Um, but rock is broad, right? So um, I went with. See, we haven't really touched on, and I think we're getting ready to at some point or another. You've got a good list going there where we're going to actually touch on some female artists in uh, in the genre. But uh, I wanted to 
touch on, you know, because we never did it. So I settled on Susie Quattro, uh, listening to the song Can the Can. Uh huh. Sounded an awful lot like old Alice Cooper. I'm like, this fits perfect. perfect. Okay. Um, I've got Alice Cooper, Susie Quattro, and Helix was the third band I settled on. Wow, I don't know who that is. Who's Helix? Uh, they did the song uh, Heavy Metal Love. Uh, let's see, Never Gonna Stop the Rock. Rock You is a big one. What, what decade uh, are they from? What decade? 80s. Okay. I mean, they came out in late 70s, uh, but they were big in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s. Hey, so um, you, you know the 86 movie Trick or Treat that's all around uh, rock and roll? What was the name of that band? Was that Halloween? Halloween, Okay, yes. that's another good one I think that we could have. But they, they went more heavy outside of that movie, right? They went more like uh, thrash almost, right? So. I think so, and I, I wanted to go with like a, maybe a docking or something like that, but I kept thinking that would be better for another show. Yeah, so yeah, we were going to do some more of that as we move into the 80s. Uh, my three right. are, I kind of go theatrical, but also I have a female rocker in there as well, because I think she fits. Um, it's, so it's Alice Cooper with Meatloaf and Lita Ford. Yes. Yeah, so I made this list before I saw them in concert, so there are probably a few more songs that I would add in there. But I'm just going to let it go and, and leave it at the, the 24 tracks. So you go first. Who is your opener? Uh, my opener would probably be um, Helix, probably. Okay. Now, they had a big following, I think a, a decent following. Uh, that being said, I had forgotten they existed. I'm sorry, guys. You guys got some awesome music if you're listening to this by some, you know, miracle um <laughs> but i so i would open with helix i've got seven songs for them i'm sure they've got some other really good ones but honestly when i was looking through it i think they only got like five albums four maybe yeah i'm looking they they just had one called old school from 2019 so they're still they're still putting out a lot there's like 12 albums well, they're here. still kicking it yeah they're still kicking it but uh their heyday i should say in their heyday um anyway so, starting off with Helix, uh, again, I never do any particular order except for the main guy. I, I kind of took some time with him, but uh, never going to stop the rock. I've got high voltage kicks. Heavy metal love was a real big one for them. No rest for the wicked. Um, don't mad. Don't get mad. Sorry. Get even. Dirty dog and rock you. Okay. And, and Rock You's the big one, right? Wicked on this one. That's a good album. But. And I know what song you're talking about now. Yeah, the, the minute I started like humming it, my head's like, oh, I just never knew who sang it. Oh, was like, I was in the same boat there. So. Okay. And that's all I had for them. Uh, being an opener, I figured that works pretty good. Alrighty, so I open with Lita Ford. Um, I have some, or, some obscure ones kind of uh, uh, in there. Some people think she's a one-hit wonder. Obviously, she's not. Um but uh, I think she was kind of like one of those just under the radar kind of musicians where she had a solid fan base but never really broke through to the top 40 again. But um, so Larger Than Life is the big opener. Um, then a little bit more like it's, it's still a good rocker, but it's a little bit softer is Where Will, Where Will I Find My Heart Tonight? Um, playing with fire at number three, and then of course the two big ones, close my eyes forever, which I thought yeah. would be great if she brought Meatloaf or Alice. I don't really care, but I think Meatloaf has the voice that would match better with that song. Um, yeah. And Kiss Me Deadly is the closer. Definitely. And I know, like you're probably wondering why Meatloaf. Well, I know he's dead, 
Uh, but this is supposed to be like an any alternate universe where it doesn't matter where time isn't part of the whole deal. So I mean, we're still using people out of the sixties. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Susie Quattro is your, your second uh, on stage? She is my second on stage, starting off with Glycerine Queen. Uh, now, this reaches way back. So Susie Quattro is actually in the 70s, but very much in an Alice Cooper kind of vein. Yeah, well, she's uh, the part of the glam woman. rock. Yeah. 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 Um, brain Confusion. Can the Can, again, was a very, very much an early Alice Cooper style style <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh move move it off of the album quattro uh now we're jumping into the like we're jumping out of the 70s mid 70s up to 2006 with back to the drive wow and i think this back to the drive um is a really good album uh, i totally mistyped this there's another album that she uh but anyway she comes back strong in this i think she's still got definitely the rocking voice um sounds a little different but still rocking it uh motor city riders is my other one uh that's off of an album in 21 and i did not finish typing that out so i can't remember what it's called <laughs> um let's see uh my last song from her is damage and that is sung with kid that's an album she did uh, called face to face in two, this this year with katie tunstall okay it's um, pretty good too yeah, so I know of Susie Quattro, and I feel like there was a moment where she kind of broke through into the pop culture. Like, I feel like she was an arc or an episode of Happy Days. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, she's she's that pre-Joan Jett Runaways uh, glam rock, and so I think she kind of gets forgotten about because besides Can the Can, she never really had, like, a top 40 song. No, no. I say that's... Honestly, if you go through her whole repertoire, there's, there's a whole gambit of music and i stuck with the ones that felt like they fit with alice yeah uh, a little more rocking uh that she's got a bunch of other stuff that's very much sounds 70s and early 80s types um with a kind of a softer side if you will but um anyway that's it so i gotta quit saying um go ahead what'd you say i said i have to quit saying um oh all right um <laughs> Well, I just did it too. Dang it. I think that was some sort of subconscious <laughs> trigger. The So Meatloaf songs aren't as tight as the other two. They're Like they said, they're much more theatrical. Well, it, who's, who's the writer that was on that? Jim Sharman or something like that? I can't remember the name of the guy. Um, the, oh, dag, it. I, I had it in my head, but he had his own um, career like writing songs outside of Meatloaf. And he had a couple albums of his own. Uh, but I think what was it '93 is they realized both of them it was time to get back together, and you know, "Bad Out of Hell" too, like was a huge, massive comeback for Meatloaf. But I'm telling you right now, uh, there's something I will not put on this list. <laughs> I will put on any Meatloaf song, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Ah. <laughs> Jim, Jim uh, Steinman. Jim, you thank you. Out? Jim Steinman, I, I got that wrong. Okay, so um, I am skipping that because there's no way in hell. And see, here's the thing is that song was so oppressive that I actually got sick of it. Like at first I thought yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And I never really went back to listen to Meatloaf because I kept thinking like, oh, that fucking song, you know, I can't, I can't do it. Hey. Sorry, I cussed. I try not to cuss when I record with you. I apologize. Um, but it's it's exhausting. But then I went back and I was like, wait, Meatloaf is great. They're really elaborate and fun. And he has a great voice. And so I feel bad that I ignored him all this time. 
And dude, honestly, I didn't know he did much of anything outside of. Did he do? I mean, how many albums did the guy have? <laughs> well, here's the weird thing. So, not a lot of people know this, but his first three or four albums, and then he lost his voice. He, oh. um, not lost his voice. It was like a psychosomatic thing that he could not regain it. Like, something mentally was blocking him from getting to those notes. So he would go off and he would do movies and stuff like that. And, and you know, that, that that kind of was the thing in his career anyway. Like, between albums, he would do um, would do some movies. So, yeah, there's a four-year gap after this one. So he does Dead Ringer, and I think... So he did one before Bad Out of Hell, Midnight at Lost and Found. So I'm trying to look... There was a gap, though, where... What's that? There are 12 albums. Yeah, but he remember he went back to uh, Bad Out of Hell just too many times, and then like yeah. on the third one we're like, ah, now you're just phoning it in, you know, you're just doing a sequel because you need to sell. Uh, right, 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 right. I didn't know until right now that Bad Out of Hell three was a thing. Oh no, I remember that. I remember seeing that at uh, the store, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> we're going back to the wall. So yeah, there's a like an eight year gap or whatever where he could not sing. And so all of a sudden, out of 93 or whatever, all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. I'm like, well, I know who Meatloaf is because I remember an ad on the back of one of my comics or whatever, raising money for charity. Uh, yeah. So uh, here's my list. Sorry, I keep going on too long. Um, Bad Out of Hell, I think it's just a great way to start the concert. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, from the Rocky Horror soundtrack, Hoppatootie. Come on, come on. We all know we love it. Um, I'd Lie for You and That's the Truth. Rock and Roll Dreams Come True, which I think Steinman did first, and then Meatloaf did it later. Um, Objects in the Rearview Mirror. So I think this one is is much better than uh, Anything for Love, and I won't do that, but it got overshadowed. You know how that thing is when you have such a huge hit, and you know the artist is like, well, i got to get another single out there. It's been months. Um, But it still gets overshadowed because the other one is still playing so much. I think that's what happened with this song. Yeah. And Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And this is when you bring Lita Ford back out to sing it with them. That works. Yeah, and that's my closer for Meatloaf. Okay. All right, so it's the big man, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Cooper. Well, you got to start it off with the new one, in my opinion. You don't have to, but I'm going to this time. Uh, with... Introduce yourself. I'm Alice from The Road 2023. He has he opens his show now with Welcome to the Show, which is off his new album as well, which I thought was a cover of the Kiss song, Welcome to the Show from Carnival Souls. It's not. It's not. It's it's similar in its feel, but you know, it's not the same. But yeah, it's a great way to start. But yeah, you got a good one there too. I say I um I have to preface this and I didn't really get into Alice Cooper until 90, 91, with Hey Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first for Now, I knew some of his music. Uh, my Everyone in my life had listened to it at some point or another, but I didn't get my first album of his until Hey Stupid, and then it went from there. But um, And that would have been my first AC album purchased. Uh, hey Stupid is my second choice. Uh, Feed My Frankenstein, again, off that album. Seriously, School's that's the out. best. Seriously, yeah. in concert, Feed My Frankenstein is the absolute best. It des- destroys. I've never gotten to see him live, but I have seen live concerts uh, 
like VH1 or something like that. I can't remember when, but fantastic. Yeah, well, that's the uh, one. That was part of his big comeback, too, is because people who don't who didn't really listen to heavy metal saw that performance in Wayne's World. Yes, yes. Was Alice Cooper ever on, what was that, um, in concert? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I... Well, wait, which one's in concert? That's not the one on PBS, right? That's something different. No, no, in, in concert was, uh, I thought it was, oh, wait, actually, I think it was PBS, because I think I record, I never had cable, so I had recorded these. It might have been PBS. Okay. Let's see, in concert, American TV series. I will not read all this to you guys. ABC, <laughs> actually, it was ABC. Late night on ABC. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I can see that happening. He has a lot of... I don't know if it's because he was so theatrical, but if you look on YouTube, there's tons of his concerts that aired on television. It's like specials because, you know, he had something different than just a normal rock and roll show. Say so somewhere, I, I, record, I didn't, I don't think he was ever on there, but I did. I do somewhere on the VHS have Judas Priest um, recorded from that. Okay. Um, Judas Priest and the zoo, the zoo, the zoo. Um, Scorpions. They were in, on the same show. It was fantastic. I mean, it's probably crap now because it was VHS. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, I got to go back to old school, to School's Out. Uh, Poison from Trash. No more Mr. Nice Guy, of course. Uh, this one's a little off, but I always liked it for some reason or another. It was Hell is Living Without You. Oh, yeah, that's trap. a good one, yeah. Freedom. That's a fun one. Give the Radio Back. Okay, so being the, I only had seven songs for the other ones, and this is Alice Cooper, and like you said, he's he's got stamina. So I'm 18 is number 10, and then he comes back for number 11, hanging on by a thread. Don't give up. Very good song. Um, message against. Uh, actually, in the in on the album, and actually at the end of the song. He says, you know, you're not alone, all that stuff. It, it puts out the uh, Suicide Hotline number on there and everything. That's what oh, the okay. song's And it's, it's a very good song. Is that more recent? Because um, I don't know that one. That is 2021. Okay. I have, yeah, I haven't listened to the last couple albums. It, listen, Detroit Stories is a really good one. Okay. Uh, as in its road, which you know if you went to Wisconsin the other night. So. <laughs> um, okay, so this one's a good one. I didn't know he did. There's this uh, guitarist out there. Her name's Nita Strauss. She's a metal guitarist, up and coming as far as I know. She's fairly recently new. Uh, the album's called Call, The Call of the Void, released in 23. And he does a song in there with where he's singing and she's just playing. And it's called Winter Takes All and it's really good. You know, everybody told me about her and she wasn't at the show. He had his guitarist from his other band, Hollywood Vampires, fill in. Okay. So I don't know if she was his guitarist or if this is if she's just another artist, like an upcoming artist. Okay, no, I, apparently from what people were telling me is like she's his regular guitarist now. I didn't know that Kip Winger uh, was his guitarist on his comeback album. I had no idea until yesterday. Who? Kip Winger, you know, from the band Winger. That's oh. where he started. Sweet. Kip. I, man, I missed out naming my kid Kip. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Please don't. 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 <laughs> All right, uh, let's see, Winter Shame Saw, that's 12. Uh, Rules of the Road, this song is so fun. Uh, there's a line in there, a verse in there, it says, uh, 
This is the interlude, sorry. I've been at this game for a long time. I'm going to share some wisdom with you. Rule number one, always get the money. Yeah. Number two, remember to always get the money. Rule number three, never forget to remember to always get the money. And then it goes on to say, and it's kind of funny. As you listen to this, I'm like, no, don't do this. But he ends it funny. If it's in a glass, drink it. If it's offered to you, take it. If you can drive it, drive it hard. And if you follow these simple rules, by the age of 27, well, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's so funny how he's able to pull off humor. Because, you know, heavy metal has always been so self-serious. It, I mean, yes, like, it's yeah. – in, in, in the fact that Alice is able to pull off this dark sense of humor through all of it, he's very funny at the show. He's witty as hell. Um, and, and no one, like, rolls their eyes and, like, oh, dad jokes and stuff like that. And it just works because I think he's sincere and he's legitimately funny. He is hilarious in Wayne's World when he explains that whole Native American thing or whatever. And he plays it so straight. But that's the funny thing. Yeah. They play it up as, okay, he's this, oh my gosh, Alice Cooper is smart. But in real life, he is. Yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, so, so he did a cover of Magic Bus for the Road. It's, this is a phenomenal, great poo cover, in my opinion. Does he reinterpret um, it, or is it a straight cover? It's a cover. He, he, I mean, it's a little more modernized as far as the instruments and what have you, but it's it's very much, the, the words haven't changed. It's 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 the Who's okay. song that he's singing. It's really, he does a really good job of it. Um, and then I end off, and of course, being an uh, encore, I think it's okay to throw in a cover there. Um, and then he's finally getting tired at this point. I think his old band is ready to go home. And <laughs> uh, we're going to end it with Detroit City um, from Detroit Stories 21. Okay. Under My Wheels is a good one, too, about Detroit. He, that is a big part of his show. It's just like his heritage and, and his love for yeah. this area. I was told that he lives in Arizona, which I thought was strange because he's here in this area a lot. So I just assumed, like Cheap Trick, you know, they just they can perform in this area really easily because it's not that big of a trip. Well, let's say it's easier to live out there for most of your life when you when you're on the road and it's taking a toll on you and you're getting older. Arizona's probably better on you. Yeah, let's say the stage hat. If I was a performer and I'm getting to the age I am now, I'm like throw a mat under the you know where the microphone is because I'm not going to stand on this hardwood floor. You know, give me some cushion. <laughs> where are my cocks? <laughs> All right, so um, so I start off with "Hey, stupid." I just think it's really great. Like if you the lights are slowly coming up and you hear the core, yeah. like the guys, you can't see them, but you can just hear, "Hey, hey, 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 stupid!" The lights kick on, the drum kicks in, or I think that's a great way to start the concert. Um, I think it would be awesome because at the beginning of the song starts and you hear this. <sighs> I'm sorry, I can get up a cold. I can't do it. We get the "Hey, hey, hey, hey" with the concert in the background, right? Yeah. But I could just see them starting off their drum line, and everybody knows the song, and they just start in on their own, you know, and they get it started. Yes. Oh, yeah. So when, be... I don't know if it's like this at every show, but at above the screen, so like Cheap Trick screwed up. They, they, they have these spotlights, but they also go out to the audience, and they blind you. Well, Alice has these flowing LED kind of like they look like they're out of Tron. These flowing yeah. lights that go with the music, or sometimes they just do like their own little thing to, you know, like this weird flowing thing. So you can see the audience without blinding them. And so that'd be really cool if they did this, start off with like, hey, 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 and you see the LEDs going out to that sound. 
That would be but, really cool. Uh, um, now, his next one is one that I think has kind of been forgotten because it came out right after Poison, and it kind of has the same energy. It's a, it, he If he's going to do a love ballad, it's going to be macabre, and it's going to kick ass. And Love's a Loaded Gun is um, just as good as Poison, and for some reason people forget that it exists, even though it did chart. That one barely eked off my list. Okay. Uh, Feed My Frankenstein, come on. Uh, now knowing that's my favorite song to see in concert, I probably would make that the closer. <laughs> uh, Poison is next. You gotta have that. That's his biggest hit, I think, of that era. Um, now this one, I really was hoping he was gonna do at the concert, but I think I don't think he owns the rights in the same way because it's from a movie. And I think he was hired to do it. It's from uh, uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. And it's he's back, the man behind the mask. I don't necessarily know if he owns the rights to that. I know what the song you're thinking of, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, it is on one of his albums, but maybe also maybe he just didn't want to do it. But it seemed like it's Halloween; he should have done it. But um, right, right. So I'm a big fan of two albums from his era where no one was listening to him. He was not selling, and it's uh, his new wave era. So he had uh, Flush the Fashion in 1980, Special Forces in, I want to say, 82, and then after that it derails. Uh, 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 Zipper Catches Skin is pretty bad, and then Dada from 83 or 84 is unbelievably bad. It's, it's when he was completely coked up, and he's working some shit out with his dad. I don't know what was going on. Um, uh, yeah. But So these are from Special Forces or Flush the Fashion. It's uh, the prettiest cop on the block. Um uh, a cop that dresses in drag and, and just like he's so like just so forceful in the song and I just fucking love it he's like yeah I'm, I'm a cop but I'm a badass and I'm dressed like a woman what are you gonna do about it I'm pulling your ass over and giving you a ticket shut up <laughs> um, who, do you, who do you think we are which is aka special forces um, and technically this was a top 40 hit but no one remembers it uh, clones uh, I think it's in parentheses. I think we're all, and it was his new wave song, and it's pretty cool. It's it's clearly influenced like like Devo and stuff like that. Um, and then we're going old school. Uh, Welcome to my nightmare. It's a slower song, but damn it, it works. And and since it's the perfect concert, and then the budgets aren't necessary, I'm bringing in the horns, man. I'm bringing the horn section. <laughs> Uh, you can never go wrong with horns. Yeah, I, I love horn section. Uh, no more, Mister Nice Guy, and uh, I'm 18, and closing up with Schools Out, which he did in in um in concert. Here's the funny thing: is he doesn't do an encore. He doesn't do that bullshit where he's just like, "I'm done." Like you didn't play your what? What are you doing? Where are you going? And then it's quiet, and then you do that applause. Come on, come on, come on, come on, and they do like two or three songs. He doesn't do that. He doesn't fart around. He just straight up gives you what he wants. See ya. <laughs> I was talking so fast I got a little lightheaded there, buddy. <laughs> Take a breath, man. Take a breath. Woo! I was looking at He's Back, The Man Behind the Mac, and it looks like it's his song. It's off Constrictor. Yeah, I just wasn't sure because yeah. it was a Paramount, like, higher. Like, they, they paid him to make that song, so I wasn't sure. Oh, uh, maybe he just released it after the fact. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know when the movie came out, but... It is... Oh, it's from the series. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. series... It's part six, not the not the TV show. Franchise that comprises one. Oh no, they they mean series as in the series of films. Oh okay. 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 All right. So, yeah, because I remember listening to this when I'm trying to make this list, and I heard that. Sh- 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 you know, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, it was it was a really smart thing that saved his career was pivoting. You know, now that Motley Crue was big and the theatrical Los Angeles sound in heavy metal was back, that they repositioned him. Plus, he cleaned himself up. He got off the booze. Yeah. He got off the cocaine and said, okay, this is what you're doing. Um, I I wonder, because I haven't really dive into his more recent albums, but does he still go back to that vibe that he had in the 70s where it was a mixture of different genres or is it all just straight hair metal? I don't know. Um, the latest album... The latest album is not so much like... I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a mixture, if you ask me. Okay. Um, road. Uh, I don't know how to describe that. Well, the it, fact that he... Like, every song on there has got kind of a uh, an on-the-road type of vibe, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, kind of driving sound to it, but... Um, and then, like I said, Detroit City is a really good one to listen to as well. Uh, I don't think he really goes as far, like, as broad on you know, his twist as he did back then. But there's definitely a little bit of a mixture there. Alrighty. So I don't know what we're going to do next. We tossed ideas around. I do think it's time to get some women rockers. So maybe Fleetwood, Mac, and Hart. Sure, sounds good. Alrighty, so that is our next concert. It's the first time we've gone with only two bands, but they, their catalog's huge. Maybe a third. Maybe we'll throw in Starship. Yeah. Maybe Starship? Jefferson Starship? Jefferson Airplane? Starship? Whatever? I want to say, is it Jefferson? You know that band? Jefferson, oh, wait, Jefferson Starship, a.k.a. Starship, SK. <laughs> that, that is the only Sorry. band I know of that constantly changed their name. Like, it just kept evolving. Like, yeah, it's so strange. Like, Jefferson Airplane for uh, 10 years... And then Jefferson Starship, and then ten years later Starship, but that didn't last as long. I think Starship was only like two albums. Yeah, I don't know if it was because of a. I mean, get into this if we ever do something for them, I guess. But um, I think it had more to do with like um, roll call. You know what I mean? Like once the band changed, I had a problem. When the band has a problem with whether or not you can keep the name and continue on without you, you know, you didn't really have a real good solid foundation yeah 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 <laughs> and maybe i'm just pulling out of you know what but anyway it's sad it's always nice when you find a band who can like some of these bands that started in the 60s and they're still going strong today with most of the you know the reason they have don't have all their people is because they can't walk on stage with a walker anymore yeah yeah um <laughs> well here's the weird thing is lou graham is gonna be here and i'm like would it really kill you just to reunite with foreigner for the love of god just do it <laughs> do you hate each other that much it was like what was the uh the whole eagles when hell freezes over to her you know so oh, it was right, never yeah. gonna happen but it did yeah well because the money was there <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it. We wandered off the ranch a little bit, so we got to bring ourselves back. All right, uh, have a good night. Back in. And rock on, or something stupid. <laughs> <to you. laughs>